Welcome to TechTastic, the podcast that explores the cutting-edge world of technology and its impact on society. New breakthroughs and developments are revolutionizing the world around us, presenting exciting opportunities as well as complex challenges. We'll explore the big ideas and key players driving these transformations as we seek to understand the implications of these advancements for our lives, our communities, and our planet. Join us on this journey of discovery and exploration as we navigate the fascinating and ever-evolving world of technology. This is TechTastic. Ben Gold, welcome to It's TechTastic. It's lovely to have you here. Great to be here. Thank you so much, Christian, for for inviting me. Uh, You have a personal website that is bengoldai.com, where listeners can come see upcoming events, subscribe to your newsletter, see videos and podcasts uh, that you participated in. But uh, why would I send somebody there? What are they going to find? So maybe I can start with my story, tell you a little bit about myself. So I have 20 years experience in technology. 12 of those years are in the HR technology space. Earlier this year, I was let go from the software company I was working at. And I spent a couple of months really seeing firsthand what the job seeker experience is. And it was right when ChatGPT was out there, the generative AI model. And I was using it for everything from cover letters, preparing for interviews, even putting together demos. It was a very interesting technology to work with. Very unwieldy though. From a job seeker point of view, it is difficult to keep track of if you have 15 different opportunities and you've got all these different chats. So I came up with this idea of a company, I call it Jobco, which is my startup. And the idea is to put all of this into a CRM-like environment where you get the value of the generative AI through the API, but also having all of your opportunities in one place and being able to get personalized AI coaching. So that's what I've been working on roughly three months as I was going through this process. Then what I did was I realized that in order to truly understand who the end user is, I started going to these job seeker events and started really trying to understand what are the challenges that people are going through. And that also helped me to understand better what to build. But also I realized that there's a huge gap out there in the marketplace. So as I was doing webinars and one-on-one coaching, the first thing I realized was, is that every time I would start showing people chat GPT, first of all, a lot of times I would be presenting to groups where 50% of the people had never even bothered to log in. So imagine somebody never seeing chat GPT and I'm saying to them, you got an upcoming interview? Okay, show me, here's your resume, here's the LinkedIn profile. And I would go in and say, what are the top five interview questions? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And they watch it go like this. And there were gasps in the craft. And everyone was like, what is this? How does this, how is that? So one of the first things I did is I wrote a book, how to find your next job with chat GPT, specifically because I really didn't want to every single episode or every time I talked to somebody to have to explain, well, I want to understand my, what's a career path? How do I network on LinkedIn? How do I put a personalized interview? There's all these different phases in the job search and each of them have different philosophies of how to personalize. And I just decided to put that in the book. So when people are looking at my website, they can get access to that as well as if they want to do a one-on-one consultation, I'm more than happy to also do that. So I'm curious on your company, the startup that you built using an AI agent to help somebody as a job seeker. I'm assuming it's like change your profile, change your resume to match what the job description is and how it meets up with your particular skill set and experience, or is it doing something radically different than that? So it's designed to make the job seeker friction nearly zero. 
The challenge I've seen with a lot of other similar websites out there is when a job seeker comes in and it's like you upload your resume and then it gives you like an analysis. It's generally a lot of the sites are very complicated. This one is designed to have as minimal input. Really all you need is your resume and a job description. We can tell you your skills match. We can tell you your overall compatibility, why you're compatible. Here's a cover letter. Here's your resume advice, you know, strengths, weaknesses, and suggestions. For example, implement the suggestions. You can re-upload your resume and get a new readout. So the idea is to make it as simple as possible for a job seeker, as as I look at it, like with Rocket Mortgage, you know how you have the this, this Super Bowl ads where you've got this advisor saying, well, if you know PMI and you know this, and then they put this little button, you press it, boom. And that's really the idea is just press the button, get the readout. And then same thing, like you have an upcoming interview, upload the social media profile. We have all the contextual data. Let's give you the top five questions you're gonna be asked. What are the things that you're close to the interviewer? What are the five icebreakers? Their profile, your profile, how could you build that quickly? And those are things that are very you know, hyper-personalized. As an investor, you've identified a big pain point where there's a lot of value potentially because the job seeker is almost desperate to find the next thing. The problem is they're not the ones with the gold. Because if you're looking for a job, you probably don't have a lot of money. At the moment, you're, you're saving your pennies so that you can get to the next point. Yeah. So what does your revenue model look like? How are you planning on making money off this? So the revenue model is a freemium, $30 a month. And that would be some sort of try it for a week for free. And then $30 a month for the job seekers. If it works, I'm never going to pay for it. Because the free part is when I'm going to get the job if it's really good at what it does. It actually, you won't find a job in a week. So typically the average time is about five months. You know, when we're looking at the TAM and the SOM part of it, it's going to be really, we're looking at the technology, financial services and insurance and those seekers, and then looking really more on the executive types, people that spend 500 bucks for the resume review, 500 bucks for their LinkedIn review. So there is money out there. And the, there are other, other sites out there that charge similarly. The idea is, is that I will sit down with some of my students and it just blows my mind. They've been on the job market for four months and I'll go through and say to them, let me take a look at your resume and let me take a look at like the jobs you're applying for. Well, the reason why you're getting rejected is you have a 72% compatibility rate. You're either mm -hmm. underqualified or you're going too far outside your zone, but this is the same metric that you're, the employers are using. And so part of this is just giving instant feedback and saying, you know what? You might need to change your industry. Maybe you don't need to apply to every single job, but let's identify the ones where you're a good match, where it makes sense to spend your time, and then you can be laser focused to have a better chance of getting that job. I've always had trouble with this particular space. I feel like HR as a industry and technology is missed on so many fronts. And it sounds like what you're trying to do is fix a very specific problem. And I, I'm trying to poke holes at it because I'm thinking like an investor. I appreciate so that. As a, um, an executive in technology, I've been doing this for 30 years. I still don't have a resume. I've never had one. I've never needed one. If I'm looking for a role, I go to my network of others that are very similar to me and say like, who's looking for a CTO or who's looking for somebody to do this now, or somebody on a board somewhere is reaching out and saying, hey, knock, knock, Christian, uh, do you know anybody? And I say, hey, I'm looking. That type of thing happens. And you can't really insert yourself into that space. 
But I was thinking about it from the, if I was trying to solve the problem for them, I'd do it from the other side. If you were to sit down as the enterprise and say, I'm looking for this type of candidate and I know that the right candidate is gonna have a shit resume if they have one at all, because they're not gonna bother with it. They've been too in demand. They've never had to look. How do I find that person? Because they're gonna be the Brock star I need. I would say the enterprise space, there's a couple of different ways to go. So you've got company enterprise, that's a very competitive technology space for ATSs yeah. and things like that. There's the recruiter space where I've spoken to some recruiters and I can see an area where the technology we developed could be repurposed to focus not on a job seeker and here are the 20 opportunities, but here's an opportunity, here's 20 job seekers and which one has the, the closest compatibility. I could see that. The thing is that the job seeker network is broken and the company like, for example, LinkedIn, they've done very well, but on the early phase, in other words, up until the easy apply, LinkedIn owns that space. The moment you do the easy apply, it's the wild west of keeping track uh, from there to getting your job. It's an interesting space. I'm fascinated by it from that standpoint. I, I mean, I've hired many, 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 many people. I've been, you know, hired a bunch of different places over the years. And I've always thought that the way that it all works is just flawed all across. What I almost always find is if somebody spent the time to put together a good resume, they're probably not the one I want to hire. It's not that there was always a direct correlation. I had to look at it in reflection, but the people that were great never tried. They were in such high demand. You know, I was competing with other companies for their time. And so they'd never had a resume or if they did, they didn't spend any time on it. And they were annoyed by the process of having to do it at all. Well, I'll just say this. There will be a company that creates this product that is the one that is able to eliminate the friction. So the way I see it is that a company like Indeed or LinkedIn would probably end up being someone who buys that and says, we already own the employer side. Now I'd love to own the job seeker side. Also that process, because like I said, it is broken and nobody has come up with that solution yet. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I, I, I'm sorry, I was poking at it too much. It's analogous to a different problem that happens within the industry because you're seeking funding right now as a company. And when a VC or an investor is looking for the bright deal, the one that they know is going to be a winner, what do they do? Well, they follow on where everybody else is already at. So they look for the hot girl and they ask her out too. It's the same thing that happens in the job seekers. The best candidates are the ones that already have everybody going after them because they're well known. But that's not necessarily correct. It's just that they're well known. They got the profile. Right. And the same thing's true in this kind of space. And so elevating that profile and finding the people that are like just not good at selling themselves, but are really amazing is a great opportunity because that's probably fertile ground. But then how do I as an enterprise company find them? Because it's going to enter my recruiting pipeline in my technology that's going to have some algorithm that runs against it too. How does that work? Well, that's the idea is that if they understand your algorithm because it's AI versus AI, at least they have a better chance of their skills and advantages. Number one, it will be much more efficient. They'll be able to get that information quicker. They'll be able to submit their applications and they'll be able to understand if this is a good opportunity. Now, if there's a hundred people applying for a job and I make their resume 20% better or help them with their cover letter, it still doesn't guarantee them the job, but what it does do is it puts them up in the line of being considered and having that shot at getting that job. So it might get them the interview, but it won't get them the job. That's a good distinction for somebody that's looking at it because the interview is the part where you've got to get in and prove that you deserve to be in that room. But generative AI is fantastic for the interview. I mean, I go through and we'll say, take a look at all the interests and companies that, that this person follows. Tell me about who they are. 
And getting that insight into kind of the priorities of the person interviewing you is in itself a great way to prepare for a configured interview. So your tool is actually helping uh, the, the interviewee understand who they're interviewing with yes. as well. Yes. Oh, wow. Now, see, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, the idea is that it stays with the opportunity. So this data is staying in the same progression. So maybe last week I sent my application, then I applied to 10 others, but now I got an interview. I can go back to that one and upload data and get preparation for the interview part. And then there's a whole salary negotiation part of that afterwards. So how is the compensation? So absolutely, it's designed to get the job seeker from when they submit their application to the offer. Uh, that makes total sense because that process, it's so opaque to the job seeker. They have no idea who they're going to interview with. They have no idea what's going to be expected of them to do the research on the 30 companies you apply to and be able to walk in and talk intelligently about their problems, right? And how you can yep. impact that it takes a lot of time. And if you're doing it for 30 companies, you're never going to be right. You're going to walk in and misremember. Oh my God, I'm talking to Pepsi and I, I just mentioned classic Coke. Like you're going to make those missteps. So that type of tool is really compelling and an interesting direction to go. And using AI to solve this particular issue, especially since to your point, it's AI versus AI at that point, because on the recruiter side, they're definitely using AI tools. So, so that, that is really the thought process is that job seekers need their own ATS. They need their own system. And this is helping them on that side. And the other thing is that we're LLM agnostic. So right now yeah. we've been integrating with ChatGPT, but we're also looking at going with Zod inside of Anthropic because the thing that they can do is they can take the larger amounts of data. Uh, ChatGPT has got this massive problem with tokens and token limitations, which makes it difficult when you're dealing with resume, job description, and social media profile, while Anthropic has this way where you can take a whole book and it'll summarize it. You know, we still haven't decided exactly what the final model would be. And I think you're wise to be agnostic to the underlying model because they're going to continue to evolve. I mean, Anthropic spent uh, half a billion dollars training this most recent model. OpenAI is about to train another new model that they're spending almost a billion on. You're not going to be able to match that. So being agnostic to who you slide in into that zone is a really smart move. Yeah. So that's where the dual element is. is I've been spending a big part of my time talking to investors, going through those elements. You know, one of the other things that maybe I know that I talk a lot about is the fact that there is this huge population that is not even aware of AI. And I, I tell you a really funny story that last week I was at this podcaster meetup. And at the meetup, there was a gentleman talking about all these AI tools that made my head spin about all the things that they use. And I mean, it was just amazing. Like it's kind of just use this tool, this tool, this tool, and it's all done. And then on Thursday, when uh, a couple of days later, when my daughter's math teacher or tutor came over and I said, well, I'm dad GPT. And she says to me, GPT, what is that? And I showed her for the first time what ChatGPT does. And I gave him a, a math problem. And she looked at me and she said, I'm retiring in three years. Will I make it? And I said, <laughs> I said, I think so. But if you said 10 years, I'd say you're in trouble. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's just kind of, it's funny to be out there and see this happening out in society. Oh, yeah. I mean, even my wife, who, you know, she has to deal with me every day and, and, and what I do, she's loath to use it. She just doesn't want to. The fundamental problem with it is you still have to know how to use it. It's not that intuitive yet. I mean, it is if you're just asking it like in a conversation, treating it like another human. But when you're trying to use it to do business or you're trying to use it to solve a real problem, you have to learn how to prompt engineer.
I, I mean, I will tell you another little story. Yesterday, I finally got on my phone the ability to take a picture on ChatGPT, and I tried something. I put my resume on my computer. I took a picture of it and I said, give me an analysis of my resume as a content and formatting point of view. And it went through both of them and was able to give me the analysis of, hey, you know, it looks to me like the spacing is not done correctly over here. And I would change this. And that was just from a picture. And my father, he's been memorabilia for 30 years or 40 years, I should say. And I showed him, I took a picture of a baseball card and got a full, you know, full grading of it and a picture of a statue. And I'm just like, I said, next time you go to a garage, so everyone's gonna be snapping pictures and doing the analysis on ChatGPT, just watch. So it's just, it's weird how this is going so fast and it's changing everything that we do. Yeah, we are definitely living in very interesting times. Hey, Ben Gold of bengoldai.com, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, I just wanna say thank you. This has been fantastic talking to you and really entertaining. So I appreciate the dialogue back and forth. Pleasure to do it, Ben. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Take care. And that's a wrap for this episode of TechTastic. I want to thank you personally for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Until then, keep exploring and stay curious.